This podcast is designed for you to discover more about who you are, to challenge your old adopted beliefs, and to expand your awareness of what's really possible. I'm Adam Esco, and this is The Unspoken Agreements. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Unspoken Agreements podcast. I'm your host, Adam Esco. The first half was really, really great with Brandon, and it was so amazing we decided to split it up into two parts. So get ready for part two. Brandon brings it the whole time. He shares vulnerably. He tells his story, and very excited to share that with you. If you're someone that wants to start up a new venture, a new business for your life and lead themselves through it, and move towards something that's going to be your purpose, your passion. That's what I do. I help bring that for my clients. I help give them the clarity they need and and work to build that with them. So it's a lot of fun. Reach out to me at adam at escocoaching.com if that speaks to you. Also want to thank Truth Work Media for their help producing this podcast. I love working with them. They are an instrumental part of this team and they're really experts in the podcast world. So If that's something that is going to help you or your business or someone that you love, reach out to them. They're terrific. All right. Enjoy part two. Brandon Tuss, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I got to share this story with you. It just triggered a memory in me. I got to share it. So I was five years into teaching. We had left California. Uh, We had had a child and we wanted to be closer to home. So we were either going to move to Montana, which is interesting based on what I said at the beginning of this pod, or we were going to move to Wisconsin. We couldn't make enough money in in Montana, even though there's a nice college community I was looking to get into. We just couldn't make the amount of money. So we ended up moving to Wisconsin. So I took a job in a small sort of like a, a, a migrant community. There's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of Hispanic Americans who lived there and um, it was a lovely place to teach. But there's a gentleman there who had been teaching for 35 years. And at the very first day of the initial teacher workshop where they bring all the teachers in at the beginning of the year before the kids show up and they go through sort of like what the year is going to be and set the tone. And I had this gentleman pull me aside, Mr. West, And he said to me, even though I'd been teaching for five years at that time, he said, if you really buckle down this year and if you put together really solid lesson plans this year alone, you'll never have to do it again. I've been working from the same lesson plan for 35 years and it's (laughs) never steered me wrong. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself, this is not where I want to be. And I did, I did work there for several years, but I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, variety is the spice of life and this dude just doesn't get it. And the kids hated going to, and he was an art teacher on top of it. So the kids hated going to that class because it was the same thing. And so much so that their parents who were in the same class with the same teacher did the same pottery, did the same thing every single year. So think of the generations that did the same thing over and over and again. And that was something I definitely did not want to do, but it just sort of triggered a memory like, wow, damn, that's crazy. That's, I'm so glad you did. And what came to mind when you were saying that was like this total, this is a means to an end job, right? Yeah. And you can't look at whatever job you're doing. If you're looking at at it from a, from the perspective of it being a means to an end, you really need to evaluate what it is that you want in this life. Because I mean, that sounds all well and good, but you are, I got to believe you're miserable thinking that way. Oh, that just takes a toll somewhere emotionally, 
physically, neurologically, whatever. Well, think about it. I mean, you're suppressing a major side of yourself. Like, you know, you were in the field of dentistry and you were doing this thing and you were probably extremely good at it. And then you say to yourself, this is not who I want to be. But how many people, when they get to that fork in the road, say, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it because I've got a client base, I got people who rely on me and I'm paying the bills. When in actuality, that's not the way to approach it. The safety and security piece will take care of yourself as long as you're willing to put in the work to do something else. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, we put a lot of stock in, you know, happiness and joy, but not a lot of people are walking around happy or joyful. So you have that opportunity inside of you. We all do. It's just a matter of finding what it is that sparks joy in you and going and attacking it with the full fervor behind it. Yeah, moving through the fear because the fear is there. I mean, obviously. Oh, the fear is there. It's always there. And here, newsflash for your listeners, it doesn't go away. The fear is always there. It's how you manage the fear and how you work through the fear. You know, David talks about the terror barrier a lot. You know, I was naive when I first started working with David and we were putting everything on credit cards and not making a lot of money back to pay those off. I mean, we were in six-figure debt, you know, early on in our careers. And what's interesting is, is I thought the terror barrier was a one-shot deal. I thought you went through it once and then from there on out, it was, it was, everything was gravy. What is the the terror barrier? can Can you talk about what, what does that mean to you? The terror barrier? So the terror barrier to me is when something is difficult or something is hard, more often than not, people back away from it and they try to pretend as if it doesn't happen. Like I've known people who are being stalked by creditors who um, actually will not answer the phone. They won't speak to anybody. They'll put their head in the sand and it doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem. You know, I've had to have some very uncomfortable conversations with the IRS, both at a state level and at a federal level. And if you actually just don't duck them and have a conversation with them, they will work with you. But if you hide from them and stick your head in the sand, you're going to bring on a firestorm on top of you. So for me, the terror bearer is when you are faced with something difficult, whether it's paying the bills or making rent or whatever it might be, it's finding a way to not stop until you've come up with a solution. Don't hide, don't cower, push forward and do what needs to be done. If you're in sales, like a lot of the people we work with in our company, David's company Life Is Now, if you are in sales, It means you are on the phone making a sale every single day. If you're not making a sale every day, you're slowly working yourself out of business. If you know you need to bring in, this is great. So when Steph was in her practice, her bookkeeper, which happened to be her mother, her bookkeeper would come to her every week and say, we need $3,000 by Friday. And this was on a Monday. And so what Steph would do is she would create a package, she would call clients, she would cold call people in the neighborhood, and sure enough, by Friday, guess what was in the bank? $3,000. So that's working through the terror barrier rather than just ducking and shirking your responsibility. Well said. Yeah, and some people really get a lot of motivation from that urgency, that fear to get it done when you actually have to get it done. Oh, sense of urgency is a huge thing in life. Like if you don't have an urgency to change anything, guess what? You won't. I mean, urgency drives a lot of the decisions that I've ever made in my life. And I hope it continues to do so because when you're, when you've got a high sense of urgency, you're hungry. And when you're hungry, you will stop at nothing and you'll be tenacious to bring it in, bring in what it is you need to bring in. 
And you know what? But the thing is about that, because I've given that a lot of thought, and that I know that's super motivating for a lot of people, and that may have worked really well for you and Steph. I would love to use other sources of motivation to create the urgency. You know, like that you could have that urgency come from we this is the timeline we got to get it done we got we're not stopping until we get it done that's so powerful but yeah. what about using urgency from a place of excitement love uh, faith you know that that could really fun to use a couple other buzzwords to really drive the urgency to yeah totally i mean everybody has something that that lights their fire so whatever that might be you know for the people that we deal with it's 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 money. It's it's making sure that they can provide for their children's college or they can, you know, live in an environment that is productive for them. Like for us, it's money. For other people, it may be love. For other people, it may be joy. Whatever it is that lights you up, yeah. if you know that about yourself, first of all, you're self-aware, which congratulations to you. That's huge. And now that you know that about yourself, put those experiences in your awareness always and there's no way you can fail. There's no way. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, one thing I'm curious about, which is you have grown, you know, light years from where you were. And again, it's not, I don't, we don't mean that in a hierarchical way. It's just an awareness. Your, your, your awareness has expanded so much from where you grew up. What I'm curious about is how you, I would, uh, the word that came to mind was like protect yourself or protect your beliefs and what boundaries you set for when you go back and what, happens if you don't guard your beliefs guard your yourself uh, what what would happen if you go back and just take in what's there what's I'll, that like I'll, for you i'll tell you what it, it's a slippery slope adam for sure now first off let me just say it's been an ongoing process for me over the past two decades since i've been away from where i grew up you know i i go home at least you know a week every year you know, I go back to my hometown community and, you know, my initial mindset in going back was around, you know, don't be too big, mm. don't be too flashy, don't flaunt any of the success you may have had, just go about your business and just be one of the guys, the same guy you went to high school with. Mm. And what's interesting in that moment is I would actually regress almost immediately into old habits. You're putting yourself in that home. role of yourself oh, totally. when you're... 16, 17, 18 years old. Absolutely. I'm out. I'm drinking too much. I'm staying out way too late. I'm just doing stupid, pointless shit that I would do when I was a kid, you know? And to the point where Steph early on thought I was like an alcoholic or, or something. She was mm -hmm. like, good God, that's all you do is drink. I didn't know this about you. And we were just dating at the time. We weren't even husband and wife. It was just so ingrained that mm -hmm. when put back into that environment, you just automatically revert back to that person yeah. from the beginning. Now, it took some work outside of that, you know, through therapy visits to better understand that part of me. In fact, Adam, I'll share this with you. It was after taking part in my 20th high school class reunion that convinced me to enter into therapy since that weekend spent with those people wow. just wrecked me. And it wasn't the people that wrecked me. I, I love my classmates. They are wonderful people. And they, they are fantastic to be around. However, I had visions of going home and I was, being the, I was the king because I had made it. At that mm -hmm. time, I'd been working with David. We had a, a great big house in Maryland. We were driving great cars. We were traveling to exotic places. And I had this vision that I was going to be the king when I went home. And 
when I went in, I projected this air immediately of everyone is judging me. And it mm. totally brought me to this toxic headspace where I wasn't good enough. And mm. I was well into the growth journey by that time. So my mind was, it was no match for what I was perceiving in the situation. And that weekend took months and months and months to realize that that sort of environment wasn't healthy for me anymore. And I've, I've obviously grown through that through therapy sessions. So we'll see if I decide to take part in my 30th class reunion coming up in a few years. But at this time, I have, I have no intention to. But to get back to your initial question, when I go home now, and like I said, I go annually for a week or so, it's much different. Like when I go home, it's all about family. It's about I avoid going out. I occasionally check in with a friend or two who are still in the area. We've got my cousin who, my cousin and his family, they're the most amazing people. So we go on four wheel rides or we go hike the mountains or we go out on the boat. Like it's, it's all centered around enjoying the quiet and the calmness that Montana has to offer. And it helps that, you know, I have my early morning uh, exercise routine to look forward to since it keeps me out of the bars until 2 a.m., which yeah. is how I used to handle my business when I would go out there. So age has definitely made me wiser. I will yeah. say that. And as far as boundaries go, um, you know, my family, like I said earlier, they thought I was crazy when I left teaching um, to go into business for ourselves. The old story of security came up for them. How in the world can you give up full benefits, vacations, all that stuff? What they failed to realize was that if you're not happy with the situation, you can change it. And they mm -hmm. never did that and it confused them mightily. So the boundaries I set are, you know, I'm not open to having this conversation with you now or ever. And it really drives me crazy when they... To this day, there's still members of my family who are say who will say either on a Facebook post or in person when we're at a family reunion we do every year, oh, you are so lucky to do X, Y, and Z. Like that bullshit triggers me to no end. Like <laughs> this is not luck. Like what we have done or what <laughs> I have done is not luck. This is called working hard. It's called following your gut to live a better and more fulfilled life. What they don't realize when they say yeah. that is they could have done the exact same, but they were so tied to safety. They were so tied to security. They never took that leap. Would I have done this without the support of my amazing wife? I'd like to think I would have on some level, but it's so hard to say that for sure. But the truth of the matter is those family members, God love them. They are wonderful people. But in the moment when they say that stuff, it drives me bananas. It, it, it's, so, it's so awesome that you're sharing this. Talk about vulnerability. This is fantastic. Um, what comes up for me is that everyone, you know, family is just like trigger essential. It takes you back to where you were as a kid, all the emotions that were stored in you that you really either didn't have any control over, or you didn't think you had any control over. And it's still there until it comes out and God bless you for doing all that therapy and self-awareness work and working with David and Steph and, and, and the, the fact that you're able to see that now so much more clearly and then decide how you want to live your life is, is oh, really totally. just an honor Look, well, to yourself. I mean, yeah, thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, when we have like, so my daughter just graduated from high school last year. So we had all sorts of people, you know, I shouldn't say people, all sorts of family members came out to celebrate with us. And, you know, my dad got on a plane, my mom got on a plane and they're, they've been divorced for many years, but they, they uh, came out to visit Steph's, you know, dad, Steph's mom, who are also separated and divorced for many, many years came out. And we 
when we're in those situations, whether it be at the graduation, whether it be at a Thanksgiving or a holiday or whatever event it might be, we have really learned, Steph and I, to put a protective bubble around us so as not to start taking on the mindset of the people around us. Because, you know, we are in the business of abundance, Adam. You know this as well as everybody. Yeah. Like, we we believe in abundance is is really powerful and we like the finer things. We're not flaunting it. It's just how we live our lives. But if you get around your relatives who are cutting out coupons to save 30 cents off a jar of mayonnaise, then that you've got to be very careful not to let that into your awareness because the second you do, you start talking like that. And Steph and I will make a game out of it, so to speak, that when we hear that sort of talk, we'll just kind of look at each other from across the room, give mm. ourselves a little wink or a nod and then know that the bubble has to be in full force or else it's going to come in because in like i said in the business we're in you can't afford to do that because it's one step closer to being out of business if you think that way yeah that's great and it's great that you guys have that together to work with together it just goes back to that the statement that you are a mirror what you what you see outside of you mirrors what you have inside of you so whatever thoughts whatever subconscious beliefs you have that's what you're going to see and experience in your results. And that's why I, when I asked the question and you did such a brilliant job of, of sharing is how do you protect your beliefs, your, your subconscious beliefs, which are so, and conscious beliefs, which are so different from what was the messages and the meanings that were given to you when you were a kid. And, and that's how you make big changes. And, and that's why you're seeing it in your life. Oh, absolutely. And you're, and you're aware of it. Like I go into every situation when I'm back home, I go in with my eyes fully wide open and I'm able to enjoy it more actually now that I am self-aware and awake to sorts because now I can see that for what it is. And I don't get as triggered as often as I used to because usually back, you know, when, before I was on this growth journey and before Steph and I made the decision to hire David as our coach, it was a situation where it was inevitable that when we went back home, her and I were going to fight. Like, and I, I mean, we were going to argue and it was no holds barred and it was really ugly. So much so that I, I joke with my family about how many vacations I ruined just by being my shit self when I was out there. And now when I go out there self-aware, I'm able to stop myself. You know, I take a breath. Yeah. And then I really think it through. So one of the pieces in therapy that really has helped me is the concept of, you know, like mindfully stopping. Like I visualize a stop sign. And, mm -hmm. you know, the stop is, you know, stop first and foremost. The T is take a breath. The O is observe. Okay. And then the P is proceed mindfully. So if you live your life with that stop mentality, I'm an over-controlled person. So I, if I'm easy to trigger when something isn't going my way, but if I can visualize the stop and really proceed mindfully, I have, I have really turned a corner when it comes to working on relationships in my life. And I am self-aware and fully awake when I go into those situations now. Wow. That was super, super intentional. I really appreciate you sharing that with me and everyone that's listening. And here's Absolutely. where I think it'd be just a great place to get things wrapped up. Uh, speaking of intentional things that you do in your life, you are an avid runner. I know that you have said you, I think on your podcast, you shared that you've been running every single day for three years or more. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, as we are taping this, I'm one month shy of running for three years straight. So my my last day off was February 21st of 2017. So February 22nd will mark my three year anniversary, and it, it's amazing. So you got you gotta you gotta go into this. What inspired this? What keeps you going? Are there times where you doubt and want to say no? What what is it like for you to have this kind of streak in all kinds of weather, climate, feelings, feeling sick, body doesn't? What's the body saying to you? I'm, I'm stacking questions because I'm very curious no, totally here. no. I got it. I, I I love this question. So internally. I didn't start off saying I was going to run this many days without a single break. It just wasn't something I was going to do. It just sort of evolved into that over time. Now, I knew that the voices in my head were loudest on the days when I would rest. And what I mean by that is I would judge everything I put into my body food-wise and basically talk about how big of a lazy piece of shit I was on the days I took off. So those voices, I'm happy to say, are now silenced. And they're silent because I slayed them by not taking days off. Now, the human body, as you probably know, is amazing. And when you push yourself to the limits, there's absolutely nothing you can accomplish. Now, I don't run crazy distances anymore. And if I were training for a marathon, the likelihood that I would be running daily right now would be more of a stretch for me. But by maintaining this current streak, it's essential to me and it plays right into sort of my obsessive nature. So is it functional? I mean, some people think runners are crazy anyways, but I like to think I'm functioning within that obsessive nature. And because like you said, I'm a huge fan of streaks. It's just one in a list of many streaks that I carry throughout my day-to-day -day life. As far as like from a pain management standpoint, yeah. you know, building in post-run stretching sessions with, you know, straps or foam rolling or stick rolling, that's been key to avoiding injury over the course of this streak. Um, and to think I never used to stretch. Like when I first started running in 2013 is when I started to run seriously. And what I mean by that is I would run consistently maybe two to three times a week at first with rest days in between, I didn't stretch at all. And then I had this horrible situation where I threw out my back. And for anybody out there listening who suffered from back pain, that is the absolute worst pain there is because there is so much movement involved with your back. You don't even think about it until you've thrown it out. And after that, I realized that I needed to work in some sort of a stretch session after my run. I never do it before, but after my run, and it's really helped me stay injury free. Um, I take supplements which is a big thing. I've recently gotten into high quality CBD oil before bed, which really helps with the, not only the sleep, but also the inflammation of the joints. And I think getting ample rest is just a huge factor in anything you do, whether it's running your business or running on the street, you know, getting ample rest is that key. Yeah. I, I said that was going to be the last part, but I lied because something no, else came out as a result. Hey, as yeah. long you you have me as long as you want me. I know Let's I'm a it. little long in the tooth here, but I think this is great. <laughs> and this is fantastic. No, I've gotten so much out of this because what came up for me is I have things that I've been doing daily and I don't want to miss. And what I realized a couple months ago is I was actually terrified. So I'm just giving you an example: meditation or uh, making a post or doing some sort of workout. It could be 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, whatever. There are some certain things that I said I'm going to do every day as a result, by the way, of your podcast that said there is no weekends. You know, there, what is this five day a week? Well, you know, you know, every day is every day. So thank you for that. 
But yeah. what I've realized is that I was terrified of my inner critic. I was terrified of regressing. I did not want to hear those voices come up because I wanted to feel like I was growing, I was getting strong. And I don't know if that's going to subside at some point once I'm the confidence is built up even more. Um, I'm curious if that was something that you've noticed for yourself as you've gone on your journey. You kind of alluded to that a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. This is this is what this has taught me. And whether it's, you know, my mindfulness practice, because I do a daily meditation, just like you mentioned, whether it's my running that I do every day and have done so for the past three years, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I do not let myself off the hook. Because when you say like, one of the questions we had talked about before we came on was what do you do and how do you deal with the I don't feel like it days, right? There's just certain days where people are going to say, I don't feel like it today. The truth is, Adam, I don't have those. And why don't I have those? Because if I allow even the shred of that thought into my head, I'm done. Yeah. Really, I'm yeah. done. To me, running every morning, most often before the sun comes up, is as automatic at this point to me as breathing. It doesn't matter if I'm on the road, if I'm in Chicago or if I'm in New York City or if I'm in Atlanta getting ready to be a part of an event that has 250, 300 people in the room. I get out there and I get it in. It's actually easier to do that when I'm on the road because it's new environment. It's something fresh. Mm -hmm. It's something new. So I think the one thing that we teach ourselves by the constant doing is that you really become you come to the place where you realize that this is just what I'm going to do because, you know, I got this from Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Be impeccable with your word. When That's I it. say I'm going to do something, yeah. I do it and I don't let myself off the hook. There was a, I'm a part of a Facebook group on, um, on Facebook called Transformation 2020. And that group is a group that David's, David and I started a year ago for Transformation 2019 because yeah. he wanted to make a big transformation in his life. I wanted to make a, a, I made it a point and I said to myself, I'm going to every week, every Monday, I'm going to put out an inspirational post and I'm going to, you know, kind of rally the troops and kind of keep them into it. You know, 52 weeks is a long time to be putting out a post. Yeah. And these were like pages and pages of stuff. And I put a lot of thought into it. Towards the last two months, I was really on fumes. And it would have been very easy. And I even started to entertain the idea. This is how insidious this is, Adam. I started to entertain the idea and started to convince myself, it doesn't matter. Nobody mm. cares anyways. Mm. Nobody's listening. Yeah. And then, but I said, you know what? You said you were going to do this and you're going to do it. So last week or a week or two ago, I finished my 52nd post just as the new year sort of changed. And now I'm not doing it anymore because right. I said I was going to do it for a year and I did it. But had I let myself off the hook, uh, I have no doubt that something else would have came up that said, hey, look, you know what? If you did it there, you're going to do it other places in your life. So if you 100%. say you're going to do something, freaking do it. hundred percent. You know, having, I mean, I, that just hit, I'm smiling. I'm smiling totally. big time. It's the truth. It's the truth. So, you can get so much empowerment from keeping to your word. I mean, it, it's amazing what possibilities open up if you build that muscle. It is, and it is a muscle. muscle it is a muscle. Your mind is a muscle, and when you're working it, it's going to remember the things that you did, and it's also going to remember the things that you didn't. And if you if you let yourself off the hook once, 
you're done because chances are you're going to continue to let yourself off your hook. So for your listeners, when when they are faced with a situation where they're not quite sure if they should do this, well, you know, I said I was going to do this as part of my New Year's resolution, which that's a whole other conversation of bullshit right there. <laughs> if they say that they're going to do something and they don't do it, guess what? It's just going to be easier the next time and easier the next time. That's why diets don't work because yeah. they, they just don't work. It, it's a lifestyle. This At this stage of the game, Adam, this is a lifestyle. And I totally. think everybody that embraces that makes the big transformation. And and I want to share thing, something that I've learned that's important is if you have broken something in the past, that has nothing to do with you as a person in terms of morality. That doesn't mean you're bad. That doesn't mean anything is, that you did is wrong. It's just to share that what you could get out of no matter what that phrase and keeping to your word is so amazing and empowering and could open up so many possibilities for you. Yeah, it's it's so funny because you available. know when you when you think about New Year's resolutions, let's just start there, right? So a person says they're going to give up uh, drinking soda. So they make it for a week and then they slip up. So that means there's 51 weeks left in the year, but because they slipped up, they say to themselves, "Well, you know what? I didn't do it this year. I'm done. Maybe next year." No. Pick yourself up, acknowledge that you made a mistake, and start anew again. Like, here's the thing. I am not one of those people that says it's I, I do think all or nothing sometimes, but in this case, I go against, yeah, I go against type. I say to myself, if you made a mistake, that's okay. Acknowledge it. We're human. We're gonna make those mistakes. Start again tomorrow and yeah. do as best you can. Like the cold turkey, like quitting it is, is it sounds great on paper, but when you're going through caffeine withdrawals at, on January 2nd, mm -hmm. you know, allow yourself to make a mistake, but at the same time realize it's not all or nothing. You can start again tomorrow. Oh, it didn't okay. work out. Try again tomorrow. Keep on trying until you find that urgency inside of you. It's going to make all the difference. Every moment, uh, uh, every moment you have an uh, opportunity to declare something that you care about that's important to you that's something you desire that's something that you really want that could actually really change your life one step and, at a time and you're changing it for yourself not what a what not what anybody else is telling you you, you should be doing all the transformation we talk about all the change that has happened in my life has because has been because it's an inside job. I was ready for the change. You know, when I was 45, 50 pounds heavier, when I gained the freshman 40 in college, I carried that with me for the longest time. And I got to a place where I wasn't ready to do anything about it. Now I'm consistent with my weight. I've got my eating under control and I don't turn to those things for comfort anymore. I turn to things like exercise and eating healthy and and testing my mind to be able to make the transformation I've made. I love it. I love it all. Brandon, this has been fantastic. I've enjoyed this. This hour has just flown by. And I was really, I was so worried I took way too much of your time. No, so I apologize. Cares? I love to talk. This is this has been so, so amazing. I'm really excited to share this with everybody too. Um, what I want to also share, and I want to give you an opportunity to share where people could find you. I want to promote uh, have you a chance to promote whatever it is that you want to promote, talk about staff, talk about Team Nagel, um, whatever it is that you want. And the floor is yours. Yeah, I would absolutely, first and foremost, 
I would, I would encourage your listeners to check out our podcast as well, the successful It's a, it's a great show. We've been doing it for the last two years. Uh, plenty of episodes out there. It just gives you an insight into the mind that my coach, our coach, David Nagel yeah. is all about. So I'd have you first and foremost go there. He's also on YouTube as well. Just go to, just type in David Nagel in your YouTube search. We're doing more and more videos. You'll get a chance to see my smiling face and put a, uh, face with the name if you go and check that out. And then I'd also encourage some of your listeners, if they are interested in uh, a highly powerful motivational group on Facebook, we've got a Facebook group that we, we've we called Transformation 2020. And uh, if you type that in the search, it should show up. And it's just a place where people can go in and keep each other motivated over the course of the year to make a true transformation, whether that be with your body, whether that be with your mind, whether that be with your career. I think all of those things are very, very important. And it's just a really positive, positive place on the internet. And I love, that's what I love about what I do. And I love being on this, on this podcast. And it's why I'm, I relate so well with you, Adam, is because you just exude positivity. And I think the more positive we can be in this world, the better off we're going to leave it for the next generation. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it, and, and by the way, let's put some selfishness on this because I think it's important. You go for what you want you actually do the work, you're getting the benefits. It's just, but it gets spilled out to everyone around you, but you get to feel it. It's it's, it's a great game. Absolutely. Pay it forward. And what you said out there resonates so hard is do the work. You've got to do the work. It's not going to come to you. You're going to have to do it yourself. Yeah. Brandon, you are, you still are a teacher at heart. You, you're, you have that in your blood. You've got, you've got just a great way to express yourself. I'm so grateful. Obviously you're you, our coach, David Nagel, is just a Yoda master and teacher. I definitely recommend everyone to check out the Successful Mind podcast. All the content they're putting out there on YouTube, Instagram, social is just fantastic. And again, thank you so, so much for being here and, and sharing a lot of yourself and getting vulnerable. I mean, this was this was awesome. Yeah, it's been my absolute pleasure. And I, anytime, anytime you want to wrap, I'm happy to be here. I love having these conversations because the way I look at it is I was put here to help people and to be able to help move them forward in their lives. And you know, I came from humble beginnings to where I am today. And the beauty of it is, I'm not done yet, maybe. Oh, man, you're just getting going. You guys are just getting going. We all are. Love it. Thank you, Brandon. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. If something resonated with you and you'd like to share it, please email me at adam at escocoaching.com or send me a message on social media. 